Dr. Dixon is strategically dismantling the enemy with the strategy of a battle plan, laying out counterattacks to exploit your enemy's weaknesses and to maximize your strengths so you can win. You have a spiritual enemy, Satan, who has waged war against you. Let's listen now as Dr. Dixon shares. Well, I'm here today with strategy number four. We have come a long ways because we're giving the enemy a rope-a-dope during this season. You know, when you get in this holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas time, that's a time that the enemy really does a rope-a-dope on God's people. But you know what? I'm giving you how to do a rope-a-dope on the enemy with his strategies coming against you. Because let me tell you, he uses strategy. He uses strategies to keep you defeated. But we're letting him know we will not be defeated. We're going to use the art of war and exercise it and have forethought. And we're not going to make light of the enemy. Because you know what? If you make light of him, you're sure to be captured by him. But if you understand that I am up against an opponent, but I'm going to counterattack. Yes, I'm in attack. I'm going to counterattack and have strategies against him. You're going to have to have a strategy against his fear. You're going to have to have a strategy against his lies. You're going to have to have strategy when he come against you and tempt you to sin. It takes a strategy. And today we're going to talk about the fourth strategy, which is he stirs up pride. The enemy stirs up pride. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 10, pride leads to conflict. One of the most effective strategies that the enemy uses to keep you defeated is to stir up pride. Satan fell because of pride and he wants to take you down with him by getting you prideful. Don't let yourself fall into it. Don't let it happen. So first of all, let's, let, let me define it. What is pride? Pride is defined as an over high opinion of oneself, exaggerated self-esteem or conceit, haughtiness or arrogance, self-esteem arising from one's accomplishments or possessions, an exaggerated idea of one's own dignity or importance. That's just the dictionary definition, and it's bad enough. But the Bible goes even further in its description of pride by identifying it as one of the seven things that God hates. Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17 calls it an abomination to God. <laughs> Don't you know Satan knows pride is a path to destruction and shame? He'll deploy tactics to get you prideful. He'll start whispering all kinds of things you want to hear in hopes that you will become puffed up. He'll say things like, you know, you're much better than those other Christians. You have more ministry skills and you live holier. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you fall for this tactic before you know it, you'll be having an extra high opinion of yourself. You'll be walking in pride. How many times? Do we see believers get into trouble because they get an overblown idea about themselves? They begin to think they're so smart and have it all figured out. That's a sure sign. They're listening to the devil's whispering. <laughs> then the next thing you know, they're thinking they have to straighten everyone else out instead of just letting Jesus be head of the church. They feel like they have to step in and do the job. Now, once that happens, it's just a matter of time before conflict arises. And they fall flat on their faces in failure. Why? Because the Bible says God resists the proud. First Peter 5 and 5. 
So we have to be careful of this. You got to be careful of the pride. I'm a pastor here in Michigan. If you're ever in Detroit area, you know, stop in and see me. There are a lot of things I don't step in on. I trust God. I pray about it. I identify it. When God gives me to speak, I speak. Or I'll take God's strategy concerning it. But you know what? I let God fix it. Because it's going to be a growth point. When you're around those that have an anointing that's able to get you to where you've got to be, they'll see those flaws that's in the character. But you know what? David had flaws. But the Bible said he was a man after God's own heart. When God gets through with you and get you in positions that you can begin to be cultivated, those very flaws, God will begin to turn them around. And it happened through counteracting what the devil would try to do through pride. Mm, how about that? So we can have flaws in our lives. We are human. He knows he made us this way. We were born and conceived in sin. But as you begin to get into the word, as you begin to let the enemy know, I'm not going to listen to your lies. I'm going to have a counterattack to that. I'm not going to allow your attacks upon me Uh huh. to bring fear and put me in a position that I stop trusting God. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. I'm not going to hear your lies. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be tempted to sin. You put yourself in that position, then pride has to come down. It has to come down. So as we understand what pride is, over high opinion of oneself, exaggerated self-esteem or conceit, haughtiness or arrogance, self-esteem arising from one's accomplishments or possession, an exaggerated idea of one's own dignity or importance. Whew, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? Satan knows that will destroy you. That's why he loves to whisper those lies to you. Oh, he loves to use that tactic up on you. Mm -hmm. A pride. But let me tell you, you got to know that you're much better than that. That God has not put that spirit within you to let the devil lie. And you believe that lie? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm -mm. You got to say, I'm not getting in trouble that way. I'm not getting in that. I'm not getting in that overblown idea of myself. When you do that, you'll start getting smart and you'll start figuring things out. Strategies will start coming to you. But if you don't, if you don't figure it out, you just dumb down. It's a sure thing that the devil is going to be whispering to you. And the next thing you know, you're on your face. But I am so glad that Jesus is the head of the church. And I am so glad that he will step in every time we invite him in. Oh, glory to God. He'll step in. If it's in the midst of the conflict, if it's in the midst of failure, he will step in when we begin to use the counter attack for pride. Uh, what is it? Number one, humble yourself. According to first Peter five, five through six, being truly humble means to submit to God and his word. That means when God says something, you believe it. No matter how foreign it is to your own thinking, when God says to do something, you do it. Romans twelve sixteen through 19, it gives us instructions on how we can be humble by obeying God. It says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. You know, some people don't have time for people. If you don't have nothing to give, they don't have no time to be around you. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about if it looks like that you don't have any education or it looks like that you don't have a job or it looks like that you don't have a If you don't have anything to give, they don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable 
in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So humble yourself. You know, that last part there lets you know you're going to be done wrong and you're going to want to take things into your own hands to resolve, solve the conflict, the problem. But God is just saying, as you humble yourself, you just give it to God. You just wait on God to settle it. You just keep moving. And people may take it as weakness and not understand that it is meekness. <laughs> number two, in your counterattack, you humble yourself, number one. Number two, be grateful. Keep a watch on yourself. And when you catch yourself getting puffed up with your own greatness, repent. And remember that every good thing you enjoy and every bit of success you've had, it has come by the grace of God and by his power. Number three, don't judge other Christians. The Bible has a lot to say about judging our brothers and sisters in Christ because we can end up being hypocritical. Okay, we are told repeatedly not to judge or condemn others so that we will not be judged or condemned. You know, James says in 4 and 12, there is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? When we stop judging others and start judging ourselves instead, pride goes out the window. Well, I tell you now, when the enemy comes to you to bring fear, are you ready to counterattack and let him know, oh, no, no fear here. You're going to respond quickly. You're going to respond confidently with the word of God. I will not fear. When the enemy comes to you with lies, oh, take every thought captive and you think about what the word says and what the enemy has said. Don't let him whisper in your ear. God says, my sheep know my voice. And respond with the truth for it is written. <laughs> and you know what? When he get through trying to make you fear and lie, he'll try to bring you into temptation of sin. Don't let it happen. Don't let him do that to you. Why? Because you're ready to counteract. You know what to do. You're going to recognize there is a way out of this. I may have fallen, but I'm getting back up. Oh, yes. And you're going to answer the temptation. Here we go back to the word of God. Letting the enemy know I'm going to shut you down. Shut the enemy down. Shut him down. <laughs> and then when the enemy stirs up pride in you, that fourth strategy that he used, because he knows it'll lead to conflict every time. The Bible says a house divided cannot stand. So he wants to bring division. That conflict will bring division. It'll just tear things up. But you're going to counteract that pride humble yourself. You're going to be grateful and keep a watch on yourself and not judge others. Huh? So I ask you now, are you ready to go to war against these four strategies the enemy uses to keep you defeated? Now you know that the enemy instills fear. The enemy lies to you. The enemy tempts you to sin and the enemy stirs up pride. If you'll start practicing, identifying, his strategies every day and use God's battle plan to counteract, you will win. Not sometimes, but every time you will win when you counteract the attacks of the enemy with a strategy, with forethought. I love you on today and my prayer for you is that God allows you to live as long as you want and that you never want 
as long as you live. I am Carol Dixon, and this is Dash. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Dash is here to serve the community positively, productively, and prayerfully. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen to this podcast and previous podcast episodes again and again. Also, share Dash with neighbors, friends, and family members by sending the podcast through email, text, and Facebook. If you need more information about Dr. Carolee Dixon and Dash, go to caroldixon.net. We'll see you next week. Thank you.